0: Amen. Today, we're going to be in 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, so you may want to wait before you go ahead and turn there. We may visit a couple other uh, places as well before we arrive there, but we've been talking about being hungry for God. How many of you are hungry for God? You want to see God move in your life. You want to see Him move in bigger ways than you ever have experienced before, um, before I begin really hopping into the sermon today, for those of you that have been here the last couple weeks, I, I want to just make a commitment and a promise to you today, um, especially you know someone like Ryan that may have been the recipient of this, I promise that there will be no cruel gifts, and uh, there's not going to be any pictures of food, and I won't even eat a piece of carrot cake in front of you today during the message. Um, so that we'll just establish that right from the From the get-go, there won't be any gifts at all today, actually. There won't be any food. So if you came because you liked that last week, I'm sorry. Uh, But it was really kind of a tease anyways. If you have no idea what we're talking about, go back and listen to last week's message, and you'll find out a little bit more as we kicked off our our series about being hungry. Um, So we talked about being hungry, and it's likely a message that people won't soon forget uh, because it was definitely illustrated. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about preparing for God to move in our lives. We launched our 21 days of prayer and fasting last Sunday, and each evening over the last week we've had corporate prayer times together, and each one of them was a little bit different. Uh, They were all good. God moved in different ways. He spoke to us in different ways, and it's just obvious that we're in a place of of hunger for more of God. Two weeks from today we're going to have Evangelist Kyle Embry with us, and he's going to be here on Saturday night for the Men's Beast Feast event. If you don't know anything about that it's going to be awesome just show up at five o'clock we're going to have our grill and a couple other grills outside fired up bring your own steak bring your own wild game in fact we're going to have uh, a prize for the best wild game steak that is here that night and you got to come with a story if you really want to win we got we got to hear a little bit about it pictures are great uh it'll be awesome um but it's, it's just a night for men, not only in this church, but from other churches across our city, to connect together and to go after God. Whitewater will be here leading worship, as they have for the last couple of years. We have several other churches that uh, have their men's groups that will be joining us. And our evangelist that's here that weekend, Kyle and Bree, will share and challenge our men. And then that Sunday morning, the following day, the 26th, um, Kyle will be here, and he's going to be challenging us in our morning services. We'll have a special Sunday night service that night encourage you to be at all of whose and be a part because this is going to be a powerful time, especially as we're coming off this 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we've been declaring that we're hungry for God. We want to see a move. And I want to encourage you, don't come alone. I want to encourage you to bring someone that needs Jesus. Bring someone that needs healing. Bring someone that needs to experience a powerful move of God in their life. Uh, And we just believe we're going to see it and God's going to move in a powerful way. So I want to help you get your heart ready for what God wants to do for you. And in you, and to you, and through you. Okay? You ready for that? Um, we're, we're talking about moving forward to this powerful weekend and having a great speaker and Kyle Embry that will be here with us, the evangelist, uh, for that weekend. But it's not the job of a speaker or an evangelist to bring breakthrough in our church. How many of y'all know that? In fact, if we show up and we walk into church that Sunday with our arms crossed and we say, well, at least I'm here. Do whatever you want. Um, it's likely that we're going to leave disappointed. Uh, But for those that show up hungry, for those that want more of God, for those that want to be filled, this is going to be a BYOB awakening. Bring your own breakthrough, and we're going to—you come ready, you come hungry— and we're going to see God move because God matches our hunger and our desire and our anticipation and our expectation uh, for the things of him. He matches that and he shows up and he doesn't leave us disappointed, but he also doesn't force something on us that we don't want or desire or are seeking for. So today I want to talk to you about that, that idea of breakthrough and uh, what, what is it, how does it work, how can we experience it. Well, the definition in the dictionary, if you look it up, of breakthrough is an act of overcoming an obstacle or restriction. It's a major achievement or a success that helps improve a situation or provides an answer to the problem. It can be a sudden advancement. We see uh, breakthroughs in science and technology and, and medicine and all this kind of stuff. You can have a breakthrough in your marriage. You can have a breakthrough in your career. And I like this next definition a lot. A breakthrough can be a military movement or an advancement all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line of defense. How many of you would love to see that happen in your life? A breakthrough that, that looks like a military advancement uh, all the way through our enemy's front line defense. Defense. That means that we're not defending, that we're on the offensive, and we're going to take it back territory the baby was taken from us a long time ago. We're taking back something that doesn't belong to the enemy and claiming it for God. That sounds exciting to me. Another example of breakthrough was in our fantasy football league this year at the church. If you don't know, we do have a fantasy football league, and it's pretty exciting. It's getting more and more competitive every year as the church grows and God brings. Uh, Football fanatics like myself here. I don't know. Maybe churches just uh, attract people that are like their pastor I don't know but uh, this year I didn't do well in fantasy football despite having won it all last year, and I didn't get a cool trophy Um, but this year we had a clear like person that kind of took a Definitive lead in the league and it just looked like this person was unstoppable but something happened toward the last few weeks of the year and there was a breakthrough fantasy football contestant that just uh, came out of nowhere and broke through that enemy's front line of defense and won the entire league. And today we have a trophy for Ryan because he's the winner of our fantasy football league. Would you give him a hand today? Pretty awesome. We have a picture over there so you can see a little bit. It's a guy on on a recliner with his laptop and his helmet. He's ready. I can just see that being Ryan. He's got a specific <laughs> chair in his house. I know that he yeah. that he's got a footrest that goes out. Yeah, we'll work on that for next year. Okay. So you may say in your life, you may look at yourself and you may say, "I'm not making any progress. I need a breakthrough. I'm not making any progress in my marriage or some other area of your life. Maybe you're you're seeing the breakthrough that you desire, but." He, you, maybe you're not seeing the breakthrough that you desire, but even worse than that is, is uh, not seeing breakthrough is, is when we desire to see breakthrough, but instead we see the exact opposite. The opposite of a breakthrough is a setback. 2019, for some of you maybe was a year of breakthrough, but for others it was a year of setbacks. Maybe it was an uncomfortable year or a painful year. and some pain is a normal part of life. That just happens. There's moments in life that are not comfortable. There will be painful days. Some pain is a part of God's way of getting our attention. I like it so much more when I'm in tune with what God's wanting to do with my life. When I'm sensitive to the Spirit of God and and discerning His Spirit. And that God doesn't have to to bring about situations that will cause me to, to pay attention to what He's wanting to do. And I think that God likes that a lot more also. Uh, But occasionally there are circumstances in our lives that we don't enjoy that are God's way of getting our attention. And then pain can also be the thing that God uses to prepare us for a breakthrough. It can be like birthing pains that are in anticipation of something incredible that's coming. Proverbs 20 verse 30 says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. How many of you have ever experienced that? Mm -hmm. We don't always change when we see the light. Sometimes it's not until we feel the heat. That we change in the natural people don't usually change unless the pain of changing or the pain of, of not changing is worse than the fear of change we get so comfortable in our lives we'll stay in a bad job that we hate because we're afraid of, of what changing that job for another job may be we'll we'll, we'll continue through painful situations because in many times the fear or the pain of change is worse than the pain that we're going through or the fear of the unknown This could be the terrible job that you hate. It could be a decision to lose weight or other things that we don't want to break through. And that's human nature. I wonder today, though, what is the area of your life that you're most in need of a breakthrough? If if you were to overcome an obstacle in your life, if you were to get the victory over the enemy in one area of your life, what would it be? If you were to see God move in one big way in one area of your life, what area would you say today, God, I really need to see this area move in my life? If you think about it long enough, we can all probably come up with 20 things in our lives. Some of us need a breakthrough in our health. We need a healing miracle. Some of us don't need a miracle. We just need to make better choices and not bring the consequences of our actions on ourselves so much. Don't expect God to do supernaturally what you're unwilling to do yourself if you're able. Some of us need a breakthrough in our finances. You're not making it. You're going the wrong way, deeper into debt. Maybe you need a job. For others, a breakthrough is needed in a relationship area. This may be with a spouse. It could be with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or or even a relationship with a parent or another family member. Things seem stuck. Your marriage or other relationships at an impasse. Maybe you need a breakthrough with school. You need a breakthrough at work. You need a breakthrough with your kids. You need a breakthrough about your future or decisions that need to be made. You need a breakthrough with your your relationship with God. In what area do you need a breakthrough? I really want you to focus on one thing. During our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and as we approach our awakening weekend, I want you to continue praying and seeking God, and I want you to ask God for breakthrough in that area of your life. For God to move in that area of your life. I believe that faith and hunger and expectation for God to move is going to be met with a powerful response from God. I believe that there's many people that are going to experience breakthrough. In fact, that's that's in part the purpose of, of setting aside a time of prayer and fasting in our lives and in our churches so that we can experience breakthrough. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I've been in ministry for 18, almost 19 years. And I feel like it's a lot longer than that because my parents were pastors and uh, missionaries. And sometimes pastors' kids end up being associate pastors at like age nine. And that just happens, like it or not. But over those many years of ministry, we have a couple other pastors' kids in here today that could probably relate to that. Over those other years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people experience breakthrough. And one thing I've noticed is that breakthrough rarely happens spontaneously. Breakthrough doesn't just happen. We're not going to just wake up one day and say, oh man, I've experienced the breakthrough in my life that I've been seeking. That's not the way that it works. People that experience breakthrough do so because they have been seeking a breakthrough. Because they're seeking God. They want to see God move in that way. Psalm 77 verse 2 says this. It says, when I was in distress. That means when I needed a breakthrough. I sought the Lord. I'm seeking a breakthrough. Every night I stretched out my hands in prayer to Him. That's, that's our response. We need to learn how to do this to experience breakthrough. The way to get breakthrough is first to want to have a breakthrough. God isn't going to force something on you that you don't want. The second thing is to seek a breakthrough, which means go to God. God is the source of the breakthrough, so we go to Him. And in the Bible, once people wanted some kind of breakthrough in their lives, they would seek God through prayer and fasting. It's a biblical pattern. It's something that that the Bible demonstrates to us that this is what happens. This is what you do, and this is how God responds. Moses did it uh, in Deuteronomy before receiving the Ten Commandments. David did it while in mourning his child's illness in 2 Samuel. Elijah did it while he was running for his life in 1 Kings 19. Esther did it while she was asking God for direction in Esther 4. Daniel prayed and fasted. Paul prayed and fasted. Jesus prayed and fasted. It's an example for us to see. And today I want us to look at two of those examples, two patterns of people that prayed and fasted and sought God for a breakthrough in their lives. And the first of those is First Chronicles chapter 14, if you want to turn there. 1 Chronicles chapter 14. You can follow along on the screen in your, in your Bible that actually has pages. You can look on the UVersion Bible app if you want to follow along digitally. And uh, there's a live events section there. You'll find New Life Church and the service there as well. Encourage you to follow along. On the back of your worship guide is a place for you to take notes if you'd like to do that. 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 8 through 11. This story is also told in 2 Samuel chapter 5 told in two places, the exact same story. And it says this, when the Philistines, now I'm going to stop right there. This is the enemy. And, and uh, toward the end of last year, we talked a little bit about David and Goliath. This is the same enemy that David was facing. This is just a little while later in that story. But I want you to think about a big army. I want you to think about an army that's way bigger than, than Israel's army. And so it says, when the Philistines learned that David had been made king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces against him to attack and enslave him. So because we looked at the story of David and Goliath, you could probably uh, imagine that David is probably not very popular with the Philistines. There's probably a bounty on his head. They probably don't like this guy at all, but they probably know of him. And so they're mobilizing their forces to uh, attack and enslave him. Have you ever felt under attack? Have you ever felt like forces are mobilizing against you like someone or something or even a habit in your life is trying to enslave you? But David heard the news and he moved to his fortified place. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 5: having a fortified place is a good thing. I wonder, do you have one? When everything is against you, when you're under attack, where do you turn? I know for a lot of people at New Life, this is it: this is your fortified place. Our church family is here for you. We will pray for you. We will support you. We will be there. If you don't have a fortified place, when the enemy comes after you, it's going to be ugly. So it continues. It says, then the Philistine army moved in and spread out across the entire valley. So David sought the Lord in prayer. This is what we began the beginning of this year. This is what we did last week. This is what we're doing for 21 days. And he asked, should I go fight these Philistines? Will you give them over to me. And here's another important life principle for you today. Never fight a battle without going to God first. Don't fight a legal battle. Don't fight a financial battle. Don't fight a relationship battle. Don't fight any kind of battle without going to God and asking God's direction. If you don't ask God, then you're fighting on your own. And that's pretty scary. The Lord replied to David, he said, yes, go ahead, you can certainly count on me to give you the victory. So David went out and defeated them. Then David said, I watched the Lord break through my enemies like a mighty flood. So he named the place the Lord broke through. That's what I want to happen in your life between now and the end of January. By the end of our awakening weekend, after we've prayed and we've fasted and gone after God, I want you to name a place the Lord broke through. In your finances, the Lord broke through. In your relationships, your marriage, whatever relationship it may be, the Lord broke through. In your schooling, and the decisions that you have to make about your future, the Lord broke through. In health situations that you're facing, the Lord broke through. The conflict that you're having at work, the Lord broke through. How many of you would like to be able to name a place the Lord broke through? You're ready to see God break through in your life. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to do some of the things that David did. One more example for us before we look at what we need to do. This is another king. It's not David. It's got quite a a more challenging name, a different name, King Jehoshaphat. And you thought you had it bad. I thought Baumgartner was a bad name. They probably called this guy Fatty in school. I can just see it now. Who names our kid Jehoshaphat? Well, anyways, he's the king, and he's just experienced revival in his nation, and then all of a sudden enemy nations come against his king. Doesn't that seem... Kind of like how it happens. God does something in your life. You're hungry for God. You feel good because you, you go to church. Maybe you're here for the second week in a row. you got perfect attendance in 2020. And then you walk out of the church and you look at your text messages. You get home and you see the, the rest of your family that didn't come with you to church. And all of a sudden, you're right back. Right back there. You're facing an enemy. You're facing a challenge the way it works. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 through 4. It says after this, that's the revival and all the great things that happened in chapter 19. You can go back and read that later. Three enemies joined forces against Judah. Messengers told the king, a vast army is coming against you, alarmed and afraid. Now that's just a natural reaction when you're under attack. Alarmed and afraid. King Jehoshaphat resolved to seek the Lord. I want you to pay attention to that. We're going to learn how to do that. We're going to learn how to switch from alarmed and afraid To seeking the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for everyone. We've been doing this since last Sunday. Over 20 people have signed up to fast at least one meal. And if you haven't done that, I'd love for you to do it today. Many of you I know are fasting, and maybe you haven't signed up. We'd love to include you on there because that's an incredible visual of of what this verse is saying. He proclaimed a fast for everybody, and all the people came together to seek the Lord. If you're even fasting one meal, if you're fasting something and, and we don't have you back there, I'd love for you to grab one of these forms that are on the back table before you leave today and just fill out. The bottom portion, leave that with us. We aren't putting your name on the chart. that's, That's kind of between you and the Lord. But we'd love to assign a number to your name and put that up there so we can see how many people are praying and fasting and when they're praying and fasting. It's exciting to see. It's exciting to know when you're praying and fasting on Thursday that there's 12 other people that are praying and fasting with you on that Thursday. It's awesome to see. So it says all the people came together to seek help from the Lord. They came from everywhere to seek God. Jehoshaphat did four pretty impressive things to lead breakthrough. These are four things that we can do as well. He chose to switch from worry to worship. He resolved to seek the Lord. He fasted and he called others to fast with him. And he committed himself to prayer. And the result was a miraculous victory and breakthrough. You'll have to read the rest of 2 Chronicles 20 to find out all that God did and how he did it. It was pretty amazing. But for now, just know that King Jay, we'll call him King Jay, and not to be confused with King James, but Jehoshaphat's a mouthful. King Jay experienced breakthrough, and he got the victory. The battle took place in a valley. And when God gave them the victory, the valley of the battle was renamed to the valley of praise or the valley of blessing. Isn't it amazing that how our God is a God that can redeem? How there can be places that their name changes because of what God does there? And I think that for many of you here today, you may be in a valley of battle. A battle with someone, a battle over something, a battle with a child, or a battle at work. And God wants to turn the valley of battles into your life into a valley of blessing. And that's breakthrough. That's that's exactly what it is. So you may say, well, how do I do that? How can I turn the valley of battle into the valley of blessing? How can I get to the place where I can experience breakthrough and be able to say, the Lord broke through here in this way for me? How does it happen? What happens for you and for me the same way it happened for David and King Jay? And we're going to look at some of those keys to break tr- through together. And the first of those is you have to recognize the spiritual nature of the situation. Recognize the spiritual nature. In First Chronicles 14, in 2 Chronicles 20, we see David and Jehoshaphat evaluated the situations and circumstances that they found themselves in. And these are great kings. These are, these are military leaders. These are guys that know their way around a battlefield and a war and armies. And so they're looking at something physically. But it's amazing that both of them identified that this is more than just war. This is more than just a physical battle. There's something spiritual that's going on here. Sometimes that's so hard for us to do in our lives. Philistines mobilized against David. The coalition of three enemy nations came against King Jehoshaphat. While it was obvious that both of these men understood the physical threat that was represented by these armies, they both recognized the spiritual nature and element of the conflict. Ephesians 6.12 says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle, regardless of what it may look like, regardless of the form that it may take, the shape that it has, how it manifests in our lives, likely is a spiritual battle. General James Mad Dog Mathis, he said, the most important six inches on the battlefield is between your ears. You're part of the world's most feared and trusted force. Engage your brain before you engage your weapon, he would say. And the first part of the rules of engagement in warfare is to identify your enemy and the consequences of fighting the wrong enemy are pretty severe Mm -hmm. and the same is true in our lives Sometimes we're fighting against the wrong enemy. Sometimes we fail to identify that the actual thing that's going on in our life is not a physical battle. It's not just a battle at home. It's not just a battle in relationships. It's a spiritual battle. We have a spiritual enemy that would love nothing more than to bring us to defeat, that would cause relationships to fail, that would bring conflict into our home and our lives, that would bring separation between us and God. And if we fail to recognize the spiritual nature of the battle, we're just fighting physical battles without getting to the root of the situation. We have to recognize the spiritual nature of a lot of the conflict and issues that we face. The enemy isn't my spouse. The enemy isn't my co-worker. The enemy isn't my son or my daughter. The enemy isn't a politician. The enemy isn't always what's seen in front of us. There's a spiritual element that we don't see with our human eyes. We have to stop shooting the wrong enemy and ask ourselves, is there a spiritual dynamic to this struggle and situation that I find myself in. David and King Jehoshaphat did that. The second key to breakthrough is to refuse to be ruled by emotion. This is so important in our lives. What we see from both kings in response to the attacks that they faced demonstrated a natural human response. David heard the news and he moved to a fortified place because he knew is this thing going to be good? I can't stay here. Maybe there was a little bit of fear in that, in that move. King Jehoshaphat, he heard the news and it says that he was alarmed and afraid. And you're thinking right now, I thought you said we aren't supposed to be ruled by emotion. But these kings, they showed their emotions. And I don't want you to misunderstand me today. Human beings, even kings, will never be completely free from our human nature. And that's not what I'm talking about today. This includes the emotions that God's gave us. And yet... While God gave us these emotions, it was not so that they could rule over us. Both kings had emotions. You and I have emotions. It's not that we're supposed to suppress our emotions and never experience any kind of emotional response or or to separate ourselves from the nature that God gave us. That's not it at all. I'm actually thankful that Scripture shows us that these kings had emotions. Because we're going to have similar natural emotions in our lives. Both kings had emotions, but neither king reacted out of emotion. Our feelings and emotions are God given, they're a natural response to the situations that we face in our lives, but our emotions are gauges, not guides. We will never have emotion, we will never not have emotions in our life. That's not the goal, is to not have emotion. These are God given feelings, and emotions are wonderful servants, but they make terrible gods. If we allow our emotions to rule and to sit on the throne of our lives, these emotions, ungoverned by God's Spirit, they become a threat to us and others. We will never experience the breakthrough that God can bring in our lives as long as our emotions rule in our hearts and our emotions are guides instead of our gauges and the emotions are the gods that sit on the thrones of our lives. We must refuse to be ruled by emotion and instead we have to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts in every situation. Remember that that peace is described... As a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that when the enemy surrounds you, you can say, you know what, I'm not going to allow emotions to rule. It's a peace that when the Philistine army that's much larger than your army is coming for you, that you can say, I'm not going to allow that to cause me to react in a way that I shouldn't. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 gives us an incredible guide of how to do this because it's not easy. It's going to take work. It says this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you need to write that down because emotions are are battling for the throne of your life emotions are are trying to take the place, going from a place that's a gauge of what's happening in your life to being a guide for your life, you need to write down Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and when it comes to a place where you're battling with emotions and you're tempted to respond and react out of emotion purely, you need to read this verse and allow God's peace to take control in your situation. takes us to our next key for breakthroughs that we've got to resolve to seek the Lord. We have to resolve to seek the Lord. The kings didn't respond or react according to the emotions they felt, but they resolved to seek the Lord. David sought the Lord in prayer. King Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast, and all the people came together to seek help from the Lord. Everyone repeat after me. Pray first. Act second. Come on, you didn't convince me. Pray first. Act second. One more time. Pray first. Act second. You need to memorize that. It's four words. It will change your life. There are all kinds of things that people resolve to do at this time of year. Some will bring lasting change. Others will make you just feel good for a short time. Others just cause you to be able to check something off a list. It's New Year. I've got to have some kind of resolution because people are going to ask. And if I don't have one, I'll look like a total slob, so I might as well come up with something. But the reality is that 80% of our New Year's resolutions are done and over with by February 1st. They don't even last that long. It takes, it takes 21 days to establish a habit. We're we'll praying and fasting for 21 days. We hope that it's not just a 21-day kick or jumpstart, but it is a jumpstart to, to habit in your life that's going to continue on. But it goes. It requires more time than just the 21 days before it beca- feels like a natural habit. You're going to have to continue going after those things. You're going to have to continue to resolve to seek the Lord. There's nothing greater that you can resolve to do in 2020 than to seek God in your life. Too many times we get this backwards. We act we respond, we react, and then we think, "Oh, I wonder, I wonder if God will bless this mess that I've created for myself. We spend the first six days of the week sowing wild oats on our own without seeking God's direction, and then we go to church on Sunday and we pray that the crop that we've sown all week will somehow fail. God, would you cause all, those, all six days of everything that I did, to, to? I don't want to face the consequences of that. So will you take care of it, God? I'm giving you this whole entire hour of my week. Would you please undo the other six and a half days? What we're asking is not so much for forgiveness of our sins, but for forgiveness from our consequences. Come on. Instead, pray first. Act second. If you want to experience breakthrough, then instead of a reaction or response that comes from human wisdom or from emotion or from adrenaline or from impulse, resolve to seek the Lord. Pray first, act second, resolve to seek the Lord. Fast a meal as a way of saying, God, this is something that I'm serious about. This is something that I really, I really is important to me. And I know that it's important to you that I get this right, that I spend time with you. You see, fasting is is more than just a physical diet. It's also a spiritual feast. Mm -hmm. When we begin to understand that, that we're saying no to us, less of me, but we're also at the same time saying, I want more of God. Fasting stirs up a hunger and a sensitivity to the things of God that goes deeper than anything that you can experience without it. If you're wanting to experience more of God, if you're wanting to know Him in a deeper way, if you're wanting a spiritual feast, then... Spend some time, set aside time for prayer and fasting, even if it's one meal and 15 minutes of prayer, and see if God doesn't show up in a powerful way and meet you right there. And if you want to experience Him even greater ways, then commit to just more than one meal. Go from a meal to a day, go from a cu- to a couple days a week, go to an entire week. Whatever it is that God is speaking to you to do, be sensitive to that. And do it. Matthew 17, 20, and 21 says that if you had even a faint spark of faith, even faith as a tiny mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and because of your faith, the mountain would move. If you had just a sliver of faith, you would find nothing impossible, but this kind is not realized except through much prayer and fasting. You can go back and read the conversation, the situation that's going on there between the disciples. And Jesus and and understand fully what's going on but the reality is that the power of God that we want to experience in our In our lives the breakthrough that we really desire to see happen It doesn't just happen by going through the motions It doesn't happen by just living however We want six days a week and giving God one hour of our time and saying I hope you can do something with with the mess that I've made It's about setting aside time and going after God through prayer and fasting and desiring more of him That's powerful You want to have those breakthrough experiences in your life. Resolve to seek the Lord because it will not happen unless you're seeking it, and it only comes from one place. The final key for breakthrough that I want to share with you today is to rely on God for the breakthrough. Both kings resolved to seek the Lord for the breakthrough that they needed, and both kings relied on God for the breakthrough. They both knew that something, they both knew something that we probably know as well, but we often forget or ignore. They knew that it's not enough to seek God if you're unwilling to hear and obey his response. It's pointless to spend the effort and the energy and prayer and fasting if we refuse to trust him with the outcome. In 1988, there was a group of blind people that were being trained for competitive skiing. I don't know if it's still something that happens today, but there was actually a special that came on about this before the 1988 Olympics about these blind skiers that were being trained for competitive skiing. And they were paired with sighted skiers. And the blind skiers were taught on the flats how to make the right and left turns. And when they mastered that, they were taken to the slope. And their their sighted partners skied alongside them, shouting left, right. And as they obeyed the commands, they were able to negotiate the course and and cross the finish line, depending solely on the, the word of the sighted skiers. It was either complete trust or catastrophe. And what an incredible picture of the Christian life that that is. In this world, we are in reality blind about what course to take. We've got to rely on the only one who's truly sighted, and that's God himself. I wonder, are you in a place today where you're relying completely on God for the breakthrough in your life? Or are you stubbornly trying to keep control, trying to to reach a positive outcome on your own? Your greatest effort will only ever produce results in keeping with your greatest ability which is far inferior to what God is able to do if we'll surrender control of our lives to him. Breakthrough can only come by letting go of control and relying on God for breakthrough to happen. doesn't mean that God doesn't use us in the process because he does, but we wait for God. We rely on him. We take his word. We obey what he speaks. We see that in both lives of both of these kings. So what's the result if we do these four things? If we recognize the spiritual nature of the situation, that there's a spiritual battle for our souls and for our lives, there's an enemy that desires to come against us. What happens if we refuse to be ruled by our emotions and we quit worrying and we give it to God? What happens if we resolve to seek the Lord and we spend increased time in prayer and fasting? What happens if we rely on God for the outcome and trust God to do what only he can do in our lives? Well, it's simple. Breakthrough will happen. Breakthrough in those areas that seem helpless and hopeless. Breakthrough from the place that you feel stuck in. In what area of your life do you most need a breakthrough? I want you to go ahead and write it down. Autumn, if you'll come and just begin to play softly today. I want you to write it down. Why am I always making you write things down? Well, number one, we write things down. I write things down from every message because it increases comprehension. I want to remember what God was speaking to me. And so it's not enough for me just to hear it. That, that helps me remember a little bit. Sometimes when there's carrot cake, I remember even better. But when I write it down, I can remember even without carrot cake and snacks and all the fun stuff. It increases comprehension. But in this case, I want you to do it so that you have proof when you experience breakthrough in that area, and the devil tells you that you didn't really pray about that. That God didn't really respond in that situation. You're crazy, it just happened. What are you talking about breakthrough? There's no, did you even really want God to do that? It's just life changes, there's ups and downs, and you're just on the up. The enemy will come and he'll try to convince you of those things. He'll try to convince you that God didn't do anything in your life, that you didn't experience any kind of breakthrough. It's a lie of the enemy. But when you write that down and you begin to pray about it, there's some evidence there that you can take and say, no, you're wrong. On January 12th, I wrote down that I wanted to experience breakthrough in this specific area of my life. And then I believe you're going to be able to write down the day that God comes through, the day that you experience. And you'll be able to say, that's where the Lord broke through in that situation in my I want you to look back and see where God broke through and be able to rename the Valley of Battle the Valley of Blessing. You may say, I don't know how to start, we're going to help you. If you wrote down the area of breakthrough that you want to see, then you've already identified the, the area of spiritual battle. I want you to understand that area of breakthrough, it's not just physical, it's not just a person, it's not just an attitude. There's more to it that's there. There's a spiritual element to that thing that you wrote wrote down. There's a spiritual battle, and through Jesus, the enemy stands no chance in our lives. The enemy's defeated. Jesus already won that battle, and so if we will stand in him, then the spiritual battle element's already taken care of. Today, if you're not in a right relationship with Christ, I'd love for you to have that opportunity today because that's the only way that you're going to be able to overcome and experience breakthrough in some of these areas of your life invite you to do that today, right now. I want to give you that opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. and invite everyone here, if you're desiring a relationship with God, to just repeat this prayer along with the rest of us today. Let's allow God to be the Lord of our life so that we can win the spiritual battle, so that we can have a relationship and life with Him. Come on, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father. thank you for loving me, Thank you for giving your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. He's alive today. He's defeated the enemy. We have life through him. Today I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe when he died on the cross, he died for my sin. And today I confess Jesus Christ Christ. is my Lord in Jesus name Amen Amen. with every head still bowed just respecting the privacy of others if you prayed that prayer today you made Jesus the Lord of your life you began a relationship with him whether it's for the first time or you're bringing yourself back into a right relationship with God would you just slip up your hand today and say today I prayed that prayer I made Jesus the Lord of my life thank you, thank you awesome, anybody else today prayed that prayer and made Jesus the Lord of my life. That's awesome. Would you put your hands together and thank God for bringing people back into a relationship. Yeah. The second thing that we do is when we're tempted to worry or react out of emotion, I already gave you the key to that, but you're going to read Philippians 4, 6-7. through 7. I want you to write that down next to your area of breakthrough. And when the, the temptation is to respond emotionally instead of spiritually, when the temptation is to react instead of seeking the Lord and relying on Him then I want you to go read that scripture and I want you to remind yourself that it's the peace of Christ that should rule in our hearts not our emotions the third thing is to seek the Lord how do you do that well today when you came in you likely received one of these seven day prayer challenges if you didn't receive one there's likely one under a chair in front of you or close by I want you to pull that out last week We increased our prayer activity by gathering here together in the evenings. It was powerful. Each of those was different. Each of them was awesome. God showed up and moved in different ways. It was exciting. I know for some people evenings don't work. Our prayer challenge this week is going to be a little different. We want you to take it home, and everybody can do this. There's 10 areas here in our seven-day prayer challenge, and I encourage you that if you really want to experience a breakthrough in an area of your life, the more of these that you put into practice, the more you're developing the spiritual disciplines, the more you're seeking and going after God. And these are simple things that you can do. Those of you that have been in this relationship and this walk with the Lord a little longer, you could actually do all of these in one day. You could do them all every day. Others of you that are just new in your relationship with the Lord, you're taking baby steps in your prayer, and your fasting, and your Bible reading, do this in a week, and this is going to transform and revolutionize your entire week. It's going to be awesome. Spend 15 minutes in personal prayer time and ask God for breakthrough. Ask God about that area that you wrote down on that sheet. Do that. Pray together with your family or roommates. Pray that for the last person that you invited to church, read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, with your spouse and pray together. If you're single, just read it and pray for your future spouse. That'll be awesome. Pray with your kids before they leave for school one day this week. If you don't have kids, pray for your closest school. They need it. Go on a prayer walk in your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors in your community. What does that look like? Go for a walk. Go walk eight blocks or 25 blocks or 3,000 miles or whatever it is that you post on Facebook that you do. And as you're going, ask God, Lord, would you move in this neighborhood? Would you use me to be a witness to my neighbors? Would you move in their families? I don't know the situations that are going on in that home, but Lord, you do. Just to let God lead you in that time. It'll be powerful. Seventh thing, ask a friend, neighbor, coworker, classmate, a person how you could pray for them. And then pray for them. You may be able to pray for them right then and there. Maybe not, but remember to pray. Don't ask someone how you can pray. Don't tell someone you're going to pray for them and then don't do it. Write it down, remember it, pray for them. Fast a meal and spend at least 15 minutes in prayer of the word. Read Philippians 4, 6 through 7. That's the passage we read about our emotions. And pray it over yourself pray that God would show you one person to invite to the Awakening services on January 25th and 26th and invite them. Don't say God who, who should I invite and then God tells you you' be like oh no not that person give me someone else anybody else Come on guys killing me Also over the last few weeks God's given me a burden not only for your homes but also for the workplace, Today, if you're a business owner or if you're a manager, or you're an influential decision maker at your work, I'd like to come to your place of business over the next week or so and pray for a breakthrough in your workplace. I want to pray for its success. I want to pray for financial breakthrough. I want to pray that God would use it as a lighthouse for his kingdom outside of our church. Today, if you're, if you're that person, you're a decision maker or you're a manager or whatever, it, it can look like whatever you want. I'm not trying to come show up and be weird and scare off people or any of those kind of things. You're inviting me, and so it's on your terms, but I want to come. Maybe it's just meeting you five minutes before everyone else shows up and we pray together. Would you take a connection card on that uh, clipboard that's close to you? Turn that over on the back where it says I want to sign up for, uh, and just write that you want to sign up for prayer for your business. Make sure you give me a name or tell me what the business is, or otherwise that doesn't help me. Or you can also send an email to info info at newlifelaramy.org. Let us know. I want to come out and I want to do that. I just believe that's something that God is asking me to do. If you are an entrepreneur, business owner, and you don't have an established office or whatever, we'll, we'll connect somewhere and we'll make it happen. I still want to do that. I feel strongly about that. I want you to take that seven-day prayer challenge. And In addition to that, I want to come and pray for businesses and business owners. And, and I just believe God's going to do something powerful in our homes. He's going to do it in our works. He's going to do it through our lives. We're going to see God move. We're going to experience breakthrough. It's going to happen. So we identified the spiritual battle. We took care of emotions. We're seeking God. Finally, the fourth thing, we need to release control and rely on God. And if you want to do that today, if you say, you know what? I want to experience breakthrough. I want to see God move. I understand there's a spiritual battle. I understand that my emotions can't rule and whatever it is that I'm facing. I know that I need to seek God and pray and fast and that some of these things that breakthrough experiences only happen through prayer, prayer and fasting and I'm going to commit to do that. But today I just want to rely on God for breakthrough. Would you stand right where you are? Just stand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or do anything else. I want you just to stand and say God, I want to experience breakthrough. God, I need breakthrough in my family. I need it in relationships. I need it in a conflict situation. I need breakthrough in my work, in my relationship with you. God, I need breakthrough in some area of my life. Would you come and do that? Would you you show up in my life? Would you move in a powerful way? I'm just going to pray for you right where you are, across this room today. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your word teaches us that you are a God that brings breakthrough, God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if David was able to go to you in the midst of his conflict when he was surrounded by his enemies, and he was able to experience breakthrough, he was able to seek your face and and hear a response from you and experience breakthrough in his life, and he was actually able to rename the place the Lord broke through. Then, Lord, we want to experience the same thing in our lives today. Would you show up and would you do that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, as we put you first in our lives, as we spend time in prayer and fasting? Would you break through in these situations? God, would you break through in marriages and relationships? Would you break through in finances? Would you break through over addictions and habits that the enemy has placed into our lives that we've given into so many times? God, would you break through in our relationship with you that we say is a priority, but so many times other things come and distract. God, would you break through in these areas? Would the valleys of battle in our lives become the valleys of blessing? A place that once was a struggle and a battle, a place where the enemy came against us. God, would you turn that into a testimony? Would you turn it into a stronghold for you? Would you turn it into a place that we can share? Look what the Lord has done in our lives. God, we understand that many of these situations are emotional. We pray right now that you would allow the peace that comes from you to replace the emotions that want to battle for the thrones of our lives. God, we're thankful for the emotions that you have given us. But Lord, would you allow them to be gauges and not guides? Instead, would we be guided by your Holy Spirit? Would your peace rule in our hearts? Would your presence surround us as we seek you and go after you? Lord, help us to rely on you for breakthrough. We want to see it happen in our lives. We want to see it happen in our families. We want to see it happen in this church and in this community, God. That's our prayer and that's our heart for more of you. We thank you for it and we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.